You're listening to the Put On Waivers Podcast with your host, Dwayne Douglas, on the POW Sports Podcast Network. So whether it's the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, or even hockey, nah, forget about hockey. Now for the best in sports talk, come along for the ride with the Put On Waivers Podcast. Here's your host, Dwayne Douglas. You're a philosopher? Yes. 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 I think very deeply. I think very deeply. I think very deeply. I think. I think. And welcome to another glorious episode of the Put on Waivers podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Douglas, podcasting off the shores of the Pacific Ocean. Beautiful 73 degrees today and sunny. Gets a little chilly at night. Might need a little jacket here and there, you know. Um, but, of course, perfect weather out here in Southern California. Also podcasting with me is my partner, one of my partners, Mike Rolando. Podcasting out of the great state of North Carolina, Tar Heel Nation, Biscay Way, and a state being run by Mr. Ken Newton. Mike Rolando, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Also, mid-60s and sunny here. We, we are definitely from warm climates, unlike, unlike our other partner, James. But um, you probably got to stop saying Trubisky way. Uh, people around here barely even know he's from North Carolina. For the first it, place, you're, you're better Chicago Bears. <laughs> I guess. Well, that's true, but... I, I, I think Philip. In all honesty, it's funny. I think Philip Rivers is probably more celebrated here, you know, than uh, than Trubisky. Well, we won't, we won't, we won't do anything to celebrate Philip Rivers on this show. <laughs> you can catch us on Twitter at RTPOW Podcast. That's RTPOW Podcast. I want to shout out to Alan Dixon. All the writing for the Raiders Today podcast, all the way from the UK. Get a little international flavor there, but he's done a great job uh, the last month of writing for RaidersToday.com. So thank you for um, you know, listening, reading his stories, and he will continue to do that for us as well. Also on Instagram, Raiders Today One. That's Raiders Today is number one. Let's see if we can push that thing over a thousand, a two thousand. Um, 2,000 followers. We got to like set high, holding steady at 1,000. Let's see if we can push that up a little bit um, over the next couple of weeks. Got some content for you guys as well uh, coming up next month in the month of November. But first and foremost, we had a World Series. And this is what happened. Here sits one in the air to left center field. Back at the wall. There will be no zero. Pierce's got another. Nothing Boston in the first. Nothing and one to count. High fly ball into left. Back at the wall. He's got another. How about Steve Pierce? Second of the game. Third in the last two games. It's five to one Boston here in the eighth. From the top on down. Here comes a one-two pitch. Red Sox win the World Series. Five to one, the final tonight. 
and the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. One, touching one, reaching out, touching me, touching Can we stop? <laughs> I tell you, a Yankee fan's favorite favorite. You're about to do. You're about to do the show solo. Honestly, that was you know I, I can. When I go to a game at Fenway, I, I you know you gotta you gotta love the song, you know what I mean. But after this kind of an event, let's tone it down a little. Jeez, let's just Diamond in the game. building, Neil Diamond coming through in the clutch, kind of like Steve Pierce. Unbelievable. So the Dodgers um, got their proper participation trophies this week. As uh, thanks for coming, but the Red Sox kind of put them down, put them to sleep really quickly in this series. And I want to bring it to the moment. Every series has a moment of truth, and the series had a moment of truth in it. And the Red Sox were up two games to one. Everything was going the Dodgers' way. Yasiel Puig hit a what he thought was going to be a three-run homer for the ages. He tried to have his um, his Kurt Gibson type moment there. It was a pretty cool but, moment, to be honest with you. It really was a pretty cool moment. It, it, it'll only be a cool moment if you actually won the game. But considering that oh, he didn't course. win the game, it's just going to be a footnote. It's going to be a footnote for maybe the promotional video for the Dodgers for the 2019 season, which they will just be pondering and saying, how did we lose two straight um, World Series championships? And, you know, that's, you know, become the Buffalo Bills of Major League Baseball. So that was a big moment in the game. That was a big moment in the game. Also, you have this manager. I believe it's the second year in a row where I think it was say pitcher uh, where Rich Hill's on the mound and he can be difficult. When Rich Hill, you know, the 38-year-old Boston, Massachusetts native against his hometown team, was pitching a great ball game. Everybody could see that. Everybody knows how good he is when he's on. When that curveball's popping, that fastball looks like it's 107, yeah. even though it's only 92, right? And this manager, Dave Roberts, doesn't look too far from where I'm at, where I'm broadcasting the podcasting the show right now, made a huge mistake. And the, and the huge mistake, the huge mistake that he made was that um, he took him out of the ball game. And it's one thing to take him out of the ball game, Mike, to come in and bring in like some dominant relievers, but they've struggled with relieving with their relievers all year, so or or, or all series. So to bring to bring in a pitcher who is not pitching well to kind of bring you home, hopefully to a series tying situation where it's a win it all game five two out of three best of seven series. How much of a mistake was that by Roberts? Because he seems to do this with Rich Hill on the mound a lot. 
Well, you know, again, part of it, you know, this, I, I don't fault a lot of managers when it comes to, like, a situation where, you know, Richel pitched a really good game and was pretty deep into the, obviously, you would think it was the seventh inning. And so I, I don't fault him for that necessarily. It's just that's the one problem I have with analytics and all that, that that's going on in baseball, the fact that you take out the feel of the game. You know, I, I know he came out later in the, later after the game and said Rich Hill had expressed to him that he's getting tired, and then Rich Hill had to kind of explain that wasn't him saying he wanted to come out. And so me and you were – and this is, you know – now with with as fast as information flies around, you can actually tell whether whether it's somebody who's doing kind of a Monday morning quarterback or whether it's something at the time. Me and you both felt that Rich Hill had control of the game. That's the thing that's the difference is that he really was dominating the Red Sox up to that point. So he had actually was just coming off of a strikeout as well. So it, I felt like he should have been taken out of the game, and I think it actually obviously was was pivotal. I actually think. Alex Cora made a similar mistake, um, but the reverse of leaving, leaving, I think it was Rodriguez in the pitch against Turner um, at, a, at a different spot. So, it, it, again, it just comes down to feel, and you make, you make a decision, and then you live with it. But, man, uh, just change the total uh, course of the game. I think with the way runs were being scored, relatively scarcely through the series. I think the Dodgers, when they went up 4 nothing, they did think the game was over. I actually thought there was too much celebration on the Dodgers' side. I looked at my wife and I said, they're acting like this game's over. And, you know, you texted me just briefly. I know, I know you weren't being serious, but the Dodgers are going to take it all. The, 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 you just can't celebrate in that moment. Four runs can go away fast, and the, and the Red Sox, are, are the team in the league, they can string together the, the best at-bats. I mean, you're just not safe with a four-run lead in that spot. So um, yeah, I agree nothing, with you, but I also think that I, – I don't think that – I think the Dodgers took their foot off the gas as well. I forget I forget how much of uh, how much penalty pitches that Rich Hill had on the mound at that at that, at that time. Yeah, I'm not um, sure. But I'm not positive. But the thing about it is let him ride it. The same way he let Bueller ride it, like let him ride it, let, let him go to a hundred something pitches. If, if Rich Hill wasn't available for the rest of the series, who cares? If the series right. is tied at two and it and it's and it's a best out of three with with you with um, with you being that same position that you were against the Brewers, who cares? Who cares? Like, that's that's the bottom line. Who cares? And I don't know what I mean. Ryan Matson, um, I don't think he'll be in a Dodger uniform next year at all. Um, I don't know what why. You could play, was. I mean, I mean, what do you? Was, uh. Repeatedly bringing that guy into the into the lineup, I think is just absolutely crazy. So I, I, I bring him to the mound is it's crazy. Uh, you know, and and the Red Sox are a team that can be really explosive. That's why, and they can score in a in a bunch of different ways. I thought this. I thought this huge comeback by the Red Sox really took a veteran uh, infielder named Ian Kinsler off the hook. Because I think Ian Kinsler, yeah. everybody, has, everybody has played, you know, little league and played high school ball and played all that and played whatever you played in college as well, Mike. But as soon as he gets the baseball in that extra in that extra inning game where Avaldi is just my goodness, if somebody made himself a lot of money in the in this playoff, it's it's Evaldi. Evaldi's pitched great for the Red Sox here and kind of deserved to be the winner in that 18 inning game. Um, uh, he's a guy who is 
you get the ground ball, you stumble. Even a hard-hit ball to second base, you have – I don't care if Jesse Owens is running the first base. You have time. <laughs> and when they showed the center view, the, the center field view, Mike, you couldn't even see Yasiel Puig. I mean, coming up the first base line. So that was a huge play in that game. Uh, you know, so and, and, and for the and for the Rich, Rich Hill, Rich Hill says to follow up Rich uh, on your comment. Rich Hill threw four, 91 pitches, one hit, I, gave up one hit, one run, and three walks, seven strikeouts, 91 pitches. When you're when you face uh, some hard throwers, he's the perfect guy to mix in. He's the perfect fourth or fifth starter on the team because especially if you have a team that has a bunch of hard throwers. He's the perfect guy to come in. I mean, he's just, you know, he, that curveball is, it looks like it's going to hit you in the face, and then it's at your, and it's at your ankles. It's amazing. So, listen, I, I'm not going to tell Dodgers, Dodgers to, um, to keep doing this. They can, they, can this. they can set themselves a lot of trouble and not actually go to the World Series and make, make, make them make life a little bit easier but on themselves. <laughs> but this, but this, I, I think last year, was, in fact, last year was a little bit more crushing. This year, the Red Sox were clearly the better team, uh, and I thought that, you know, for them going forward, I mean, there's some, there's some lot of things they got to clean up. I mean, this is they have built a team, a solid baseball team, and then they go out there and they 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 had some they had to get some mercenaries to come in and and help them. And that's what and, and that's what these these trade deadline moves like like Machado and and Dozier are are just mercenary moves to try to help them get over the top. You got to just go out there and ride with your guys. And it's tough because they lose because they lost their best. Lost their best player, Seager. The shortstop is, is tremendous. We all know how good he is. Tough, tough situation there. Um, the bullpen, Kenley Jansen just cannot in any way. You can, you have to keep. I know Jackie Bradley's hotter hot than a firecracker in these playoffs, but let him bang one off the wall. Let him, you know, hit, hit a hit a triple. Let him do all those things. You cannot allow that individual in any way whatsoever to to hit a hit the ball out of the ballpark. In a one-run situation, and you know, and 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 that was pretty much it. Uh, thoughts about Kershaw now, Game Five. You know, typical Kershaw, four runs or more in the playoffs. Is this the last game, in your opinion, that he's going to pitch for the Dodgers? Now, if the Dodgers are smart, this will be the last the last um, game he pitches. But a lot of teams aren't smart in this spot, and they never want to say goodbye to that superstar pitcher. Now, the one thing um, I do want to come back. I do want to come back to one thing in regard to the rest. I thought we covered Kershaw. Just, um, uh, I have one more thing to add. I did see a couple of things. Is Kershaw the one in this case? Is he's the one who has to decide if he has to wants to come back? Though, correct by tomorrow. I believe I so. He has two years. He has two years and sixty-five million left, right? If he wants to opt in, is that the case, or are the Dodgers opting in or out? Yeah, I mean, but I, I believe he has to opt in. But I think I'm not, that part I'm not a part was positive about. But I think if the Dodgers want to say, "Listen, you served us well. It's time. It's, we would appreciate it if you went somewhere else." Okay. I mean, okay. what is what is he there for I mean, now? They're paying thirty million, thirty thirty two million a year, or something like that, on average over the next what is, year. So what I, is he there? What is what is he there for? Jersey sales? Like he's not the same pitcher. <laughs> it's time to say goodbye. No, he's not. You know, you could even see in, uh, uh, you know, velocity is down. I mean, I, I was surprised. It would be, he was getting maybe 91 on the gun with his fastball, and, he, you know, I was I was surprised. It wasn't a very, you know, he didn't do a very good job. I think I, I like Kershaw in regard to 
people that just, you know, as, as you think about life being an athlete or whatever, I don't think there's a lot of, uh, unless you unless you hate the Dodgers, I don't think there's a lot of things to, to totally dislike about him. So I was actually rooting for him to some extent that he would come out and at least put up a good start. Obviously, the the one thing the Dodgers did not need is to give up a couple of runs in the first inning, which was uh, just I couldn't believe it that early that 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 was hap- that, that that happened in that spot. Um, that's really the last thing they needed. I, I do think that they would be. I think they would be wise to see him leave, um, or wise to let him leave. And also, it would not be very wise for a team to pay him from from just what they've seen in the past. Because I do agree with you that velocity's down. Um, he's got a lot of innings on that arm. He's had a great career up to this point, but I do not think it's a matter of whether you think he has one, two, three, four years left to be an ace because he's getting paid hefty amounts of money to be an ace. And so, and I, I agree with you. I don't think he's an ace at this point going forward. Now listen. Um, now listen. Now, now, now listen at at Dodgers um, and at and I I I am a Giant fan. I hold no bones about it. I hate the Dodgers, but. If you're going to tell me, okay, and, and we're, we've got to be honest with ourselves, okay, do you really believe that he is worth $65 million for the next two years? No, no. I mean, not at all. he's not. And that's what he, if he, if, if he remains with the Dodgers, that's what, he, that's what he is. And if he opts in, I mean, he ruins the franchise. I mean, you guys, I mean, like, you have to be under – the luxury tax at some point you can't be you can't be like yeah you, you can be up against it you can't go over it and be you know this crazy spending team you can't you, injuries, you have to be too. able to you, injuries you guys it's me- he hasn't been it he hasn't been healthy, healthy. the injuries to other parts of your team where you might you you might want to you might want to improve the bullpen um you look at uh you look at somebody like Matt Kemp it's, is Matt Kemp going to have another year like he did this year uh, kind of a renaissance year for Matt Kemp um yeah. will he have that same year in, in 2019 so those are the kind of issues you have w- w- with that team the the, the Red Sox kind of have more the position players are all set they they have a platoon at first base platoon at catcher like they remember they, 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 a platoon at third base they they have their spots but like they, you know, who knows what they're gonna do at second base? Is Pedroia in the future? We don't know. Um, but you know, but you know, Holt seems to seems to be a good platoon player. Solid left hitting the bat for them. That that outfield, yeah. you're not touching that outfield with a with a ten foot pole. Those guys are all under contract and they're all really fantastic players. So we'll see what happens there. So I'm gonna take a quick break. We'll continue with um with, with, with all the major league baseball talk. Right after this on the Put On Waivers podcast. How would you feel if you got pulled over for speeding today, but you didn't get a ticket? Now that feels good, doesn't it? Well, that's pretty much what it feels like when your computer crashes or gets infected with a nasty virus if you get Carbonite online backup before you have your next computer disaster. With Carbonite, you get a do-over. You get your pictures and your other priceless files back. Computer disasters are inevitable, but for only $59 a year, Carbonite gives you safe, automatic, and unlimited backup for your PC or Mac. Plus, with Carbonite, you get anytime, anywhere access to your backed up files from any computer or on your smartphone or iPad with a free app. Try Carbonite free for 15 days, plus get two free months with purchase. To get this special offer, click on the Carbonite banner or visit Carbonite.com and use offer code FREETRIAL. That's Carbonite.com, offer code free trial. 
or simply click on the Carbonite banner on your screen. Back on the Put On Waivers podcast, and yes, that team can hit. Their motto was do damage, and the Red Sox did do damage. And listen, it's one thing for the Red Sox to uh, win the World Series, but they basically went through everybody and their grandmother to get there, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Beat the, beat the, yeah, you can, nobody can ever question what they did because they beat the Yankees. Uh, they beat the world champions in the Houston Astros, defending world champions, and kind of did them. I mean, they, they really did not, you know, they had the, I think, I think the biggest moment for them in the playoffs was the uh-oh moment was when Yasiel Puig hit that bomb and they're up and they're down yep. for nothing. But yep. they just, they came back, they came back roaring back. I would have never in a million years guessed that the end of that game would have been what it was. The way I maybe Boston comes back and wins 5-4, but they just, Destroyed it. I mean, they destroyed them. And, that, and I think, you know what? You know what? I want, I, I want to go back to one thing real quick with the Red Sox and the Yankee series. How I think, and we all, you and I both like Cora. Cora is kind of a little. He's, he's a little. He's, he's a. He's a little arrogant badass. But I like. I like my coaches have a little arrogance. He's a throwback. A little. A little. Little edge. And I thought thought that yeah. when he was really when it, when he was really really struggling. When, when his closer was really struggling against the Yankees, hitting batters, throwing the ball all over the place, throwing the ball to the backstop, all that stuff like that, he did not warm anybody up. He just let it ride. And I thought that was cool. And then he, he, was, able to, he was able to get out of that inning. The Red Sox, the Red Sox were able to beat the Yankees. And I thought that was a pivotal point in these playoffs that – if you are on his team and he puts you in a spot to, you know, to win or make a, or make a play, he, he trusts his squad 100%. So I got, I got to give him a lot of credit for that. I think it started from there. I think it started all season. And, and the Red Sox really run, right, ran the gauntlet beating all, all the best teams in baseball. I mean, they really did. The Dodgers were the best team in the National League by far and away. Um, and, you know, and the Red Sox kind of, you know, just took care of them. Took care of them, and they and the, and I think one thing you have to look at the Dodgers here is, are they going to build a roster going forward that is not so much of a launch angle offensive team? It is so clear that when Peterson's up, it's so clear when um, when any of these guys are at the plate when Seager's up. Uh, not this year, but last year. Bellinger. But but, but, but yeah, Bellinger, year's class. He's a, he's a Bellinger, Bellinger is not. If Bellinger gets a single, it's almost a miracle. He is trying to hit the ball yeah. 800 feet on every single bat. When the third baseman is a phenomenal player is, is, too. He's a phenomenal player. He can do a lot of things. So, um, if, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't no. put him and Peterson in the in the same category. But you're right. It's a but they look but, like they're trying to hit a grand as, slam with nobody on. Every, every single time, and I feel like, especially when, yeah. and I, I like what I like Muncie's approach, where Muncie and, and, and Muncie and, and Muncie, Muncie would have been the hero for the Dodgers if they were 
if they uh, ended up coming back and winning the series because his performance in the 18 inning game was phenomenal. The base running and Turner, everything like that. Turner's a good hitter as well. Turner's a, a different type yeah. of guy in that lineup also. Yes, especially with two strikes. Turner's fantastic. Turner's yeah. fantastic with two strikes. But um, you can see in their swing that it's such a huge uppercut. It's like it's just like yeah. what are, I mean. Like this is this is not the 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 the, the third baseman. Okay, is closer to second base than he is to third base. If you, just, I mean, and and a guy like Peterson, a guy like uh, Bellinger, they have speed. So let's be honest. I mean, they could easily get the third base. I mean, or get the second base if that ball is tapped down the third base line, and or or you're hit with any kind of, you know, you it could be just a slow rolling ground to the third base, and they're going to be on second base because right. there's nobody to. There's nobody gonna know, there's no player gonna be able to get there. So do they the continue Dodgers with that? The Dodgers and Yankees are actually pretty similar. The Dodgers and Yankees are yeah. pretty similar with that. I think potentially the Yankees have some guys. I mean, you don't necessarily say that about Torres. And, I mean, but but there are they're just you know you don't make, you don't see enough just straight contact where the Red Sox just get good at bats and even their best players get good at bats in big moments and they make contact. So. That was one of the biggest differences. And the other big difference I saw, which I didn't expect, was uh, other than other than Kimbrel, you saw guys in the bullpen just pitching out of their minds for the Red Sox, which they rose to the occasion because they weren't pitching that great the, the back half of the, the second half of the season. Joe Kelly wasn't that reliable at the back half. I mean, he was amazing in, in, the, in the playoffs, uh, never mind just the World Series. But they got performances. You know, it's like it's like that that year, that type of year where Cora calls on anybody's name and it ends up being right. You know, you have Moreland, you have Pierce, you have Nunez with a big home run. I mean, guys that that are good players, but you don't think they're going to rise to the occasion like that. And he got that from the bullpen and from his bench, which usually means you have success in the playoffs. So. Yeah. So. Also, by the way, just to clarify, Kershaw has two has a. He has to decide, I think, by tomorrow. Um, he can opt out or, get, or stay in at $34 million and $35 million, uh, for 2019-2020. So it's the player option in this case. He decides whether he thinks he can make more money somewhere else. So, so parents out there, right? You can, I mean, <laughs> the, NFL, the, the, the NFL is the number one sport, no question about it, in this country. And you can go out there and bang your head against, you know, <laughs> other players at 100 miles an hour. Just remember that in the next two years, if Clayton Kershaw opts into his contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers, he will make $65 million. And even if the government, Uncle Sam, takes half of that, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Just, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, he's if, 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 and he's on the decline. He's on a decline. He's on a decline. He's on a decline. So I'm just, I'm just saying, just saying. So another lefty who kind of rose to the occasion in this series is David Price. I always liked him yeah. as a pitcher. I, I liked him when he pitched for the Rays. Um, you know, he he didn't he, he didn't pitch well against the Yankees. He didn't pitch um, in the playoffs before this year very well, but he rose to the occasion. I think it. Well, I think it's been. I think he took on the attitude of the manager. I think and I, I, you could just see it there. He was. He was. 
he was dominant. He was he. I, I thought I thought I started in the in the Astro series. He slowly but surely got the job done, and. Yeah, this whole thing he did with um with having four starters and going in and out of the bullpen, I thought for him it worked well. It almost came back to haunt him because if they didn't if they don't win game four, we're saying hey you used your entire you know pitching staff in game yeah, in yeah. game uh, game three. So but you know, that's neither here nor there. But I think I think Price did a great job, and I think you know when you look at David David Price's career stats, I think people get so. So, you know, what I'm looking for is, like, riled up or ready to go uh, about bashing him that they forget about his, his career. He's a very good pitcher. I mean, it's not even a question about it. His his wins totals, well, if you compare his one. wins. He was, I mean, he was the number one. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And uh, and uh, and you can compare his, his win totals and win-loss percentage with the likes of Clayton Kershaw, and it's close. You'd be surprised how close – how close that was and how, and how close some of their best years are. So uh, I, I, I give Price a lot of credit, get the job done. Um, I, do think it, I do think he had a little bit of an edge. I guess when they asked him uh, what, what, what was like something about, you know, something that was, you know, remember about this World Series, and he just kind of looked at the media and said, you know, I can't say anything anymore. Because, you know, you really yeah. can't. <laughs> you really can't. And it may come off as cold, but that, that's the way the guy felt. Well, no, I mean, he's received so much. I mean, even from Boston fans, to be honest with you, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are Boston fans. Nobody was all that thrilled with David Price. So the idea that he's going to have some, you know, kind of a, a nice, not I told you so, but, you know, be, be a little bit callous or cold towards the media and even sometimes somewhat the fan base privately, I don't think that would surprise anybody. He's had a difficult time there. So, um, and the problem part of it is because he set the bar so high, like you talked about it. He's, a great pitcher prior to being there, and when you when you show up to a big market and you don't produce the same way, you get critic you get criticized heavily. So um, the only other thing I wanted to mention was the one thing the Red Sox proved: if you have a very good lineup, not just a home run hitting lineup, if you have a quality lineup that that gives you good good at bats, professional at bats all the time, you can you don't have to have the best pitching staff to win. You know, we always talk about how pitching staff, I mean, we, we can come up with a lot of examples of where if you don't have the best starting pitching staff, you can still win. They went out, and then they, they faced the Astros. They, they, they did not have a healthy uh, sale. Uh, Price stepped up, but their, their starters did not, they weren't stellar, you know, other than maybe Price coming up big. They weren't stellar. So uh, you, you can win in, in this league with adequate starting pitching, good bullpen, and just timely hits. I think the timely hits and the timely hitting is something that is undervalued for some reason now, just the situational hitting things when you get in close games. It's something that's never not going to be important. You can't strike out so much in the playoffs and still win. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, those guys, you got to be able to put the bat on the ball sometimes. And they almost, yeah. it amazes me, it amazes me because they basically, and you can hear John Smoltz screaming about it that, Sometimes just putting, even though it's professional baseball, sometimes just putting the ball in play means a whole lot. I mean, yep. Eduardo Nunez yep. put the ball in play and almost won the game and get, almost won yeah. the game in the 18 inning in, in, in game three. He almost won the game, and so did and so did Muncie, and so did um, Yasiel Puig. I mean, the game should have ended on that play, but it didn't because because you know because the guy got nervous and threw the ball away. 
I mean, it, it yeah. happens, you know, it, it, it happens. So uh, you put, both, put the ball in play. It's not like just, you know, your, your little league coach telling you. It's the truth. I mean, sometimes you got to put the ball in play and see what happens, especially when there's no one playing third base. And the person <laughs> on third base is, 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 is in left field. And, I mean, there's no reason to not give it a chance over there at their base. And even Muncie, even, even the home run that he hit, the game winner, that's how dialed in he was. He hit it opposite field. So he was yeah. dialed in trying to go the other way. So, I, I, so you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of it's crazy. And Muncie's another guy. Will, would, will Muncie have another year like he did? Because Bellinger didn't follow up his, you know, follow up and have another year like he did this year. You know, I mean, are they going to be good against left-handed pitching? They, they weren't really good against left-handed pitching um, it, it, this year. So, it, you know, I mean, and, and Machado is not going to be back with them. He'll probably be in a Yankee uniform walking to first base, you know. Uh, the reports are saying no, but that's a, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, well, that might be a topic for another day. But, <laughs> but uh, You mean uh, you don't, don't want, you don't want him? You don't I, want I, him? No, I don't want him. No, I don't want him. No, no. What was it? I'm, I'm not Joe Huckle. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. And then, not yeah. and then he skips the fence and he's jogging out of the uh, out of the out of the box. I mean, he did not make himself. I, again, he didn't play terribly from the standpoint of production, but he did from an image standpoint. From his, you know, just. I, I mean, I came out of that series. He's a dirty player. I mean, I, I've never. I don't see oh, that too much. This whole thing, no one, no one no, steps on the first baseman's foot multiple times and isn't considered dirty or isn't dirty. I mean, I, I was just—it's amazing. You have to try and on the first baseman's foot. You have to if try. If I am exactly, if I am Manfred, I am gonna, I'm gonna step in here and be like, and talk to the play association and say, listen, Tony Clark, um, you're gonna have a conversation with Manny and you're going to tell him to to stop that because if he doesn't we're going to suspend him because because he is not even caring about his fellow player at that point no, now I know you're, you're going about metal. you guys please on jamming it in the back the of point, their ankle I mean the only, the only time I've ever seen somebody consistently do that is when I'm watching the Jackie Robinson movie when when when, <laughs> I, when they had Jackie Robinson <laughs> play at first base they, they to took him off the of first. Yeah, they took him off of first base because of that. Because of that, because people were, you know, stepping on his, stepping on his foot, um, on the bag. So it just, it's just. Yeah. I mean, that's just really dirty. That showed this. This was his. This was many. This was many played in Baltimore. Baltimore wasn't very good. They may. They may have been okay once in a while, but they weren't really a dominant team in, in the Orioles. So this was the yeah. first time the nation, the nation, got a chance to see Manny Ramirez. And he showed that he's a player who doesn't give a you know what, and and as dirty as they can be. I don't listen. I don't mind a hard slide in the second base, break up a double play. Me too. I don't mind. Me too. I, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Like you know what I mean? You know stuff like that. But when you're running on the first baseline, I really have to be a first baseman to to catch it and then drag and make sure I take my feet off the bag as quickly as possible. Because you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna tear my ankle apart by stepping on it with your metal like cleats. The play a second nah. is I totally agree with you. Play a second is it's almost like the defenseless player rule in football. The the the, the, the guy who's turning the what well, the shortstop at second base and he's turning it. Well, trust me, that's practice. 
They practice somebody coming in hard all the time. It's not defenseless. They understand everything that's going on. They can see it for the most part. That first baseman who's got his foot on the bag is paying attention to the baseball is as defenseless as it gets. <laughs> he has no option but to keep his foot on the bag. And, and so it, I thought he lost himself some money potentially um, just based on his attitude. I mean, I don't know. I, you're right. Nobody really knew who he was. You see him as a talented player. He fights back from injury. I mean, there's a lot of – but you don't really – this is the first time people got to see who he is. And I don't think he served himself well by any stretch of the imagination. I, even the hustling part. He's a guy who's lazy at times, showboats, doesn't – openly doesn't step, he doesn't hustle hard, and then he's, and then he's uh, basically like doing a lot of Bush League dirty stuff. I mean, that's not necessarily the – the reputation you want to you want to go into uh, you know free agency with. So it'll be interesting to see who pays them. Hopefully it's not the end. You listen to the Put On Waivers podcast, Dwayne Douglas and Mike Rolando. Um, oh, James James <laughs> James Amato is like I say, like I, like I like to say on assignment tonight. Um, so he won't be joining us. Um, we are. You can definitely hit us up on Twitter at rtpow. Podcast. That's R T P O W podcast. RaiderStoday.com for Raider fans. Uh, we are still waiting for the the inaugural tweet of Mr. Rolando. I, I I know before 2019 it will come, but <laughs> but um, just hit, hit us up there and also Raiders today the number one Raiders today the number one on uh, Instagram. Thank you for following us there. Um, uh, as as we as we roll through the through the World Series here and, and kind of wrap, put a uh, put a bow on it, um, I did not realize that, and which is pretty cool. I think I might I might think I might walk over and, and see if I can get in to uh, the uh, the the general manager's meeting is in Carlsbad, California, which is a couple a stone's throw from where I live right now. Oh wow! So I can let me see fun. if I can. You know, that would be fun. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see who um see who's walking around town next week, November sixth. Did I did I, I don't know, you know, you know what I thought was an interesting get for the weekend? Did Joe Buck because of the location of the Dodger game and did he do did he actually do the football game and then the baseball game right after? I believe no, I think Tom Brenneman joined Troy Aikman for the uh, for the okay. Ram game. I thought because the Ram, I thought he was in LA for the Rams that he, um, and I thought to myself, did he do both games? But I didn't hear that much of the Rams game, so it didn't, it didn't click for me. Um, if that was the case, okay, that makes sense. Okay, that would be some. I think if Fox work in one day. I think if Fox wanted to do the helicopter thing. They could have probably did it. I mean, they could have. Pro- I think they could have probably done it. They could probably could have done it. It would be kind of cool to see. Um, give them like thirty minutes to get to thirty to thirty minutes in the helicopter to get to the field. That'd be kind of cool. And that, that, that actually would have actually would be cool. But Joe Buck, listen, some people don't like Joe Buck. He could. I, 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 he could I like. I mean, he's the voice of baseball when it comes to the World Series. Fox does a great job with it. Um, with the yeah. World Series, and I have no, I have no problem with it. So I mean, he's fine. Uh, going forward. How do your New York Yankees – I don't want to contend because contending is not what Yankees do. Contend, winning championships is what the Yankees do. How do you guys come up with a blueprint to beat the Red Sox? 
I think, well, you know, again, one thing, one thing to, to, to note is that every, every year is different. It's extremely hard to repeat. That's something that's not – they have a nucleus of, of talent there that could – um, potentially, but they have, there's still loose ends to, to fill in and things like that. Just like, just like any year. And the one thing, the, the one thing, they still have some pretty big holes. It's like closer, they still have to sign Kimbrel. There's a lot there. Um, um, one thing would be to, to the young guys have to get better. For one, um, you know, again, I, the, the, the most frustrating part of the Yankee fan is you want to believe that the players are going to get better. Gandahar has to get better defensively. Um, Torres got tired at the end of the season. There's no question about it. He was terrible um, the last week. Or, and then into the playoffs, it's just he wasn't very good. He looked tired, wasn't getting good at bats. Now they're going to have to shift him if they don't get a shortstop, which I'd imagine. I don't believe they're going to go after Machado. But, um, so let's just work off of what they have. If Torres goes to is is Gardner it, it, Is Gardner gone? Yeah. He probably is because I don't think they're going to pick up a $12 million option on a player that is now 36-plus speed player hitting about 230, 240, I think, coming out of last year. Plus, if Clint Frazier can clean up you know, the injuries, which is a difficult thing to figure out because it's concussions. Um, it, it, but if he comes back... Can I say... Can I say one thing? Do you find it scary, okay, and it's a serious question. Do you find it scary that in football players come back so quickly from concussions? Yeah. yeah. And and in base and in baseball they're out for sometimes a, an entire year. Yeah, I think football is the only sport that does that because I think even hockey. I remember Sidney Crosby being out for a long period of time when he had a concussion. I mean, they, they, they're, football's the only sport that doesn't seem very, very concerned, not concerned with it, but maybe concerned the wrong, the wrong word maybe, but they're not, they're not as cautious with keeping players out. I think that that is a definite concern. I would think um, they don't take it as seriously, I guess. I mean, yeah, Clint Frazier was out for a long time. The only thing is that if a player, you could have a unique circumstance where somebody he just has an adverse effect. You know, he was experiencing headaches and different things for, for quite a while. And so the, the answer is yes. But for him specifically, I'm not sure why it would continue other than, you know, he had a couple of freak things happen, hitting the wall and different things that, that might keep him out. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely a concern. I think Clint Fraser healthy is better than Gardner, and I think gives him a, a, another bat in the lineup. And the only thing, again, I'm concerned about is Sanchez catching. Is don't tell me he's going to get better again. I think mm. this is who he is. <laughs> I think this is who he is. I think Andahar could be who he is at third. I, does, he's a good athlete. I think Andahar could be could get, but that worries one. I think Andahar going to get better defensively. It's not a given. Somebody's going to get better defensively. It's not a given. Yeah. It's not a given, but I, I, from what I've seen, and I've seen him, like, you know, really working with A-Rod a lot, I do think and he's going to put in the work to be better. It's it's, it's the so. spot for I mean, it, it is the spot for him to play. Like, I mean, there's no really, there's no other, yeah. he's not a shortstop. He's not anywhere, there's no, nowhere else on the team for him to play, and his bat is too valuable. Um, they were, they signed. He's too much of an athlete to sit him. He's too much of an yeah, athlete to yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think Stan is too much of an athlete to be a DH, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> but 
And you see, the guy is the the guy is you know Dwayne Johnson build build playing playing DH. I mean, he should be playing the outfield. Uh, but I, the Yankees, those young players, and like you saw with the Astros, it just takes a lot out of you just to make the playoffs two years in a row. And, yeah. uh, and, and the Astros just ran out of gas. And, and and that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to see the Astros Dodgers because I thought the Dodgers would definitely beat the Astros. I just think that I think that just the innings you put on everything like that. We'll see what happens there. But the Red Sox, you know, maybe they sign Evaldi and say, hey, uh, maybe 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 Boston signs Evaldi Evaldi and says, hey, you're our closer. Like you know, you never know what's going to happen with the what, with the Red Sox there. So uh, the you know, have to add Corbin. the Yankees have to add Corbin or Keuchel or both. I think is another to close the gap there. They, they have to. They have to. Yeah, to help against Devers and help against uh, Benintendi, who kill, who just destroys Yankee pitching at Yankee Stadium. He's a great player. Uh, He's a great player. Yeah, yeah, but, but you know, you, you got to do something. You got to do something with lefties. There are Dallas Keuchel, a lefty out there who who can be, yeah. um, who could be, who can, who can help. And will they? Will the Yankees and Giants get to a, to get together on a trade and send Madison Bumgarner? Um, to the to New York, I I actually don't know what Madison Bumgarner looks like without a beard, so that would be interesting just to see what he looks like without a beard there as well. But um, uh, you know, listen, if you want to make that trade, I'll definitely make it. But you know, either Torres or or Andohar coming coming back to San Fran, ain't no question about that. I want I don't want to hear about no Justice 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 Sheffield or anybody from the minors. I think a minor guy, but I'm not a minor league player. But I'm definitely, I definitely want a guy who is um, playing baseball right now. I might, um, do, so, I might do, I might do Andahar. You know, at that point, if the Yankees were to trade Andahar and and Andahar and Clint Frazier or something, like, you know, or a couple of others, they have other prospects in there that they could send out that way. Then getting Machado, so, you know, they're they're better with with I would, with Matt Bum. And Machado and, and Didi coming back and Torres, or if you and know, then if still and then we and then the Giants have Longoria for another, another couple of years. They could actually throw Andahar in left field, where he might he might even be more comfortable in left field. He might. Um, he that that play that playing there as well. So you know he's you know and he could be a great guy for Triple's alley. You know yeah let's let's get this done. Let's get this done. Let's get this done. I'm okay. Yankee Giant. Yankees and Giants coming together. Right. We, we need position players. Job. You need a quality. You need a non-Kershaw type in the playoff pitcher um, coming over. Somebody who can so. go more than three innings for for start in the playoffs would be would be beneficial, I think. Oh man! Oh, I, I met a lot of friends out here who are Dodger fans. They're gonna they're gonna kill me on this podcast. But listen, hey, listen, they, they would do the same to me. Um, and, and I got a little more the more to talk about. Lose twice in a row. Not too many teams lose That's hard. Series that, in a row. I thought now not to be now you heard me. I wasn't saying that just just like messing around. I just thought that I thought what the what they went through, what the Dodgers went through, was very similar to what the Royals went through. They lost a tough seven game series, you know, to the Giants and then now and, and the Dodgers lost to the Astros. I thought it was a tough seven game series. I thought it would come back in the World Series the following year and win it, you know, just the just the way the Royals did it against the Mets. You know, win it in six, win it in seven. Maybe the Red Sox come back the following year to win the World Series. But the Red Sox, I mean, they what did they win 120 games, including the playoffs this year, probably. I mean, they just yeah, they were they were they were great, man. Think about great. it. If you're a They're Dodger great. fan, if you're a Dodger fan, you had a four nothing lead. Everything's riding high, and you're thinking to yourself, if I was a Dodger fan, I'm thinking, 
We're not even this thing up at two. We got one more at home, and it's Kershaw at home in game five. We go up 3-2, going back to Fenway. That's what you're thinking in that spot. And to lose to so my, up nine runs, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. my my theory on the Brewer series was that the middle three games in L.A., they could only win one. They weren't gonna. They were so they had to go. They had to go to L.A. 2-0. I thought when Boston went 2-0, Boston's just too good to get yeah. swept, and that, and to get swept by anybody. So it was just tough there. So, so the Dodgers are done, and the Red Sox are world champions yet again. We'll take a quick break, and when we come right back, we talk about the National Football League and what went on in Week Eight. Nothing with the Raiders, and nothing with the Giants. We'll be right back. Thank goodness. 